This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we chat with a pair of Mainers who are making big impacts early in the year for the respective sports. Plus, the field hockey team is off to a 4-1 start and ranked 11th in the country. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The field hockey team is 2-0 in NASCAC play for the first time ever, and the Bobcats are ranked 11th in the country after defeating Williams 1-0 in overtime on Saturday. Sophomore Anna Lynn Dice scored the game-winning goal for Bates. Well, Anna, first of all, that Williams game, scoreless at the end of regulation. Take us through just how that game kind of went. I mean, obviously it was a battle out there. Yeah, it was a crazy game. I mean, all respect to Williams, they're a great team, and they didn't give us anything easy, so it was a fight for sure. And then take us through the penalty corner there in overtime where you got the game winner. It was honestly such a blur. Danny called the corner, and it was Molly Harmon and I at the top of the circle. She just looked at me and said, let's get it done. And I just shot it, ripped it, and went in. Yeah, because overtime, it's only 7 on 7, right? In overtime, there's fewer players. Is that right? Yeah, it's 77 full field. It's, it's a lot of running. It's, it's fun, but it's hard work. Were you happy that it ended like less than a minute in? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think if it went on for the full 7, that would have been crazy. <laughs> but the team has been emphasizing fitness a lot, Danny has talked about. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, over the summer, I think we all took a huge initiative to just come in as fit and as ready as possible, and I think that's just given us a huge advantage. Great, and then um, you have a new role this year. You're center mid, which is what Riley Burns did and Grace Fitzgerald before her, so it's an important position. Take us through how you've adjusted to that role. Yeah, so it was definitely a big step coming in this year, and Riley did an amazing job last year. Um, but I just wanted to do everything that I could to help out the team and just fill in the role as best as that I could. And for those who don't know, what does the role kind of entail compared to maybe other positions? I think it's important to – in that role to just be the distributor and always like be carrying the ball in and out, look for offensive opportunities. But at the same time, I need to make sure I'm always back on defense and I'm kind of just everywhere. Certainly. And then um, we'll take us back when you were in high school, looking at colleges, what made Bates the place for you? Bates always just in the back of my mind, never, I always had to add up everything to Bates. Just the academics were amazing. I couldn't, you can't argue that. And just the coaching staff and the girls that I knew before, they just made me feel like Bates would have me thrive as both a student and an athlete. Great. How did you first get into field hockey growing up? I actually started field hockey pretty late. I started in the middle of seventh grade. And at first, I honestly hated it. I was awful at it. Um, and it wasn't until about freshman year where I looked and I decided, and I was like, wow, this is the sport for me. And then I had to work really hard to, to get to the college level, but I'm so happy I did. What was the hardest thing maybe to learn about the sport or to, to, to develop your skills and to, to become good at it? I think it's a combination of all the rules of field hockey. <laughs> it's actually so complicated. Right. And just having like a strong field hockey IQ because there's so much you can do with field hockey and it's not it's like it's a sport that you could never master if mm -hmm. that makes sense and the team this year obviously off to a great start what's been some of the keys in your mind to, you know the early success I think the trust that we have in each other is 
unlike anything that I've ever experienced in a team. I think we know that we're all working so hard for each other. And just like when you watch us play the in and out balls, the way we can send balls into space and just run on without that much communication. And I also think communication, we've been doing such a better job and it's just, it's so clear. You mentioned the rules of field hockey. The goal you scored, you all started celebrating. Then the refs were like, hold up. And you're like, what? What was going on there? Do you even know? The ref thought at first that the ball went too high. So if it goes above the backboard, then it's not a goal on a corner. So I, I don't understand because it was clear that it, you could hear it from yeah. the hit, hit the backboard. Oh, my gosh. When the ref called it off at first, we were, we were like, this can't be. So, thank gosh they called it back. Yeah, they got together and discussed it. Is that what it was? Exactly, okay. yeah. Interesting. So, in your normal course of play, you can obviously hit the ball high into the goal. But in a, on a corner, you have to hit it low. Is that what you're saying? Right. On a okay. corner, like on a hit in, yeah. you have to hit the backboard or below. Interesting. So, it can't just go into the net. It has to go a certain height. Exactly, yeah. That's a rule I did not know. So, see, we're all learning something. No, there's a lot of rules. Trust me. I don't blame you. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Okay, great. And then, um, you know, big weekend coming up, right? I mean, you've got, I think, Amherst and Middlebury back-to-back. Tell us about what this weekend's going to um, mean for the Bobcats. It's going to be a huge, huge weekend. Um, this week we're working really hard towards it, practicing our corners, practicing – I mean, just getting ready for two really amazing teams. And we're all excited and we're all, you know, keeping our heads down and just really focusing up this week. Excellent. Baseball hockey 2-0 and in the Nets. CAC, Annalyn Dice, thanks so much. Thank you. The women's golf team captured the Wesleyan Fall Invitational title over the weekend. And first-year Ruby Haylock won individual medalist honors by a seven-stroke margin. It's Haylock's second-first place finish of the young season. And the Levitt Area High School grad is our female Bobcat of the week. You're from Maine. When did you start taking up golf growing up? Basically, my parents raised me on the golf course. I was on the course um, in a stroller, and I started playing in competitive tournaments when I was eight. Um, my first main am when I was 10. You've won the main amateur a couple times, right? Tell us about those wins, including this past spring, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, so I won my first amateur in 2020. I was 15. That was crazy. I mean, you don't expect that to happen necessarily it's all about like what can I do on the course these days kind of thing so it's not like oh I've been playing really well lately or I've been playing really bad lately it's what can I do during this time and you said your first main amateur was at 10 years old when you first played yeah so what was that experience like I mean at age 10 competing against people who are much older than you I'm sure right uh yeah the field I think I was the youngest at the time. I mean, 10 years old. Yeah. And then the oldest ranges to like 80s. Um, (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I mean, I don't remember it that well. Mm. I just remember my dad caddied for me and I had some of my family came to watch. I believe it was at Bitterford Saco Country Club. Because we went to the beach after. That's basically all I remember from that. What made golf kind of a sport for you? What made it, I mean, you said you grew up on a golf course, but what, mm-hmm. what makes you like it so much? Again, what, what about the sport appeals to you? Golf is such a, like, family-friendly sport. You make friends with your competitors and your opponents, and I think that's what I like about it so much. Like, the main golf community is so close, and I wouldn't necessarily say, like, oh, I compete against this person, I'd say more of like, oh, this is my family friend that I golf with. I think that's why I like golf, and 
it's all about like honesty and telling the truth and you learn a lot of like good life lessons through it and it makes you a much better person so trying to get more juniors into golf is a big thing for me I definitely encourage it um, in junior golfers and I try my hardest to get everyone to get into it great and then obviously being a first year here what has collegiate golf been like so far compared to playing in high school or playing at the you know in the main amateur and whatnot so college golf is a lot of fun I've never been on an all-girls team before so it's a completely different environment I mean I competed against boys in high school mostly and it's a lot of fun I love it I love my team I love my coach and I love representing Bates um, it's a great school and it's a longer yardage that I'm used to. Uh, we play around 5,800 yards. Um, so it's a little hard. I don't hit it as far as some other girls, so I'm trying to get a little more distance. Um, but it is so much fun. I absolutely love it. Well, you mentioned your coach. Your coach is a bit of a legend yeah, uh, in she the is. state of Maine, Abby Spector, <laughs> yeah. um, seven-time Maine amateur champion she is. What's it like playing for her? I mean, you must have been familiar with her growing up, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew a lot of her growing up, and she's definitely an inspiration um, for all golfers in Maine. When I told the Maine golfers that I was going to Bates and I was playing for Abby, they were absolutely thrilled. Everybody loves her. I have heard nothing but good things about her, and it's so cool to, like, hear other people talking about her and they know they knew her growing up when she was um 15 winning her first amateur so it's just it's really cool to like we have similarities with golf because we were both raised on the sport our dads were both really engaged and into it um as well so we've been finding like little similarities um within our lives and our dads and it's really cool Great, and then Martindale Country Club is the, obviously the home course for the Bobcats. So, mm-hmm. what's it like practicing there? I'm sure you've you've played there before coming yeah. here, though, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've played at Martindale. Uh, I had an amateur there when I was 12, I believe. Mm. I see. I feel like I see someone I know every single time I'm there, and they're like, "Hey, Ruby." I'm like, "Hi," <laughs> and then it's like a whole catch up. But it's right. it's cool, like seeing everybody, and I feel at home there too. So it's really nice. And then um, what made Bates appealing for you to come to college? Because obviously you're from the area, and that can be a positive for some people to stay close to home, and other people want to leave home for college. What made you want to stay near home? Um, my family has always been a huge part of my life. Um, I was talking to my dad the other day, and we were talking about the fact that my tournament in Connecticut over the weekend is, I believe, the second tournament that he hasn't been able to go to. So um, my family is definitely really important. My sister is uh, still in high school. She's playing for Levitt. And being able to, like, still kind of watch her and, like, keep an eye on her um, and what she's doing was really important to me. So mostly family. And, I mean, when Abby got the coaching job here, it, like, pushed me, like, Mm. completely. It was like, this is where I need to be. Excellent. And you mentioned your sister, obviously, still in high school. You mentioned golf being very, you know, a family affair kind of. Mm-hmm. Is there some competitive spirit when you two play against each other, though? Oh, or? definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jade is very feisty um, <laughs> on and off the course, but I love it. And we 
compete a lot. We trash talk a lot. <laughs> trash talk is huge in my family. And, I mean, it's awesome being able to compete against her, my dad, and my mom. I absolutely love it. Excellent. So your parents both golf a lot, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever talked to them about how, what got them into the sport back in the day? Um, they picked it up when they got married, so... Oh. They just kind of did it as a, like a casual thing, mm-hmm. and then my dad got like really into it and was like pushing. Like they both kind of pushed each other to get better, and um, they started playing in like competitive tournaments and like in the league at our course and everything. And then um, kind of decided it's a good family sport for all of us to play. So they just kind of got Jade and I into it as soon as they could. Are you better than them now? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, well, take us through this tournament this past weekend, the first mm-hmm. two-day tournament for the women's golf team this year. You had a couple one-day tournaments earlier, right? Yeah. So, and it was a pretty dominating performance, really, by the Bobcats. <laughs> I mean, take us through the two rounds from your perspective. Our two rounds this past weekend were a lot of fun. It was my first travel mm-hmm. tournament with the team, staying over in a hotel and everything, and um, kind of. I'm just, like, seeing the dynamic of the team right now, like, seeing how they work together, how they work separately, um, trying to get a feel for, like, how they are on the course. Like, we give each other thumbs-ups, and we're waving at each other. Um, So it's kind of interesting to see how everyone, like, reacts to their game and, um, like, their mindset on the course. Some, like, some of them you can read really well. Like, you can see if they're doing well or not, and others it's just, like, can't quite tell what's going on with you <laughs> but like it's interesting definitely um and I absolutely love like competing for a team it's so much like more engaging than playing for yourself because you have people like relying on you and relying on your game to win so it's exciting and then Sunday you had a bunch of birdies I think I, I, yeah. I was counting five or six birdies I think on Sunday yeah I had five birdies yeah five birdies on Sunday and so the course, how did it play for you? I mean, you mentioned you working on length and whatnot in terms mm-hmm. of your drives, but, I mean, how did the course play? It seemed like you had, you had a pretty firm grasp of it by day two. Yeah, things were just kind of working. I don't exactly know how. Like, on the first hole, I had a really nice drive, a really nice second shot onto the green with my wood. It was, like, 185 yards out on a par four. It was crazy. And then I made the 15-foot putt for a birdie. And then on the second hole, I didn't have a great shot. It was on the front of the green. I had, like, a 40-foot putt, and it went in. Like, it was just kind of stuff would just happen properly, I guess. But it was a lot of, like, ups and downs. Like, I doubled the ninth hole, which Mm. was really disappointing. Um, Or no, I didn't double it. I think I went bogey, bogey, bogey on the last three. That's Mm. what it was. I ended the front nine one over after my two birdies on the front. And then I went into the back. A little bit of a negative mindset at that point because I just got three bogeys in a row. And then I doubled the 10th hole. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. Um, But then I talked to my coach and I was like, I need something to eat because my mindset is going downhill Mm. and my game is as well. So um, she brought me some food and... I started getting some birdies again. <laughs> we were all stuck. Sometimes that's all you need, right? Yeah. A little bit of. Uh... <laughs> it's crazy how much a sandwich can do for you, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned Coach Specter. What have you learned from her so far? Obviously, in a short amount of time. Um, she is very like laid back in a good way. She pushes you um, the amount that 
she feels that you need to be pushed but for the most part like I know I'm the one that knows my game she's trying to learn more about it but she's not going to like intervene in ways that's going to negatively affect me Mm -hmm. so like I have my specific warm-up routine before tournaments I don't like much time because the more I think about things the worse things go for some reason Mm -hmm. um so she doesn't interfere with that at all. She lets me have my space and my time, and um, she just helps me out when I feel is necessary or when she feels that I might need a little bit of a push in one direction. Great. And then you mentioned the team and how fun it is to be part of a team with, mm-hmm. with all women, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there it's a small group too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's only five people at this tournament, um, right. you know, four in addition to yourself. But I mean, who, what's this group like? I mean, I know Alex Voigt Shelley brings a lot of experience. He's a junior, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple of good sophomores as well. So tell us about this group here. This group is very supportive of one another. We are extremely tight knit, um, even like with the boys team as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to have that um, dynamic on the team where golf is a very individual sport, but at the end of the day, we're all working together to try to do what's best for all of us. So um, having the support of my teammates and everything, just, it makes me so happy. I absolutely love the team. I love all of the girls and I love my coach and um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Great. Would you say putting's your biggest strength? It sounds like it based on some of the putts you were making. It depends on the day. Uh-huh. Um, Sometimes I'll four putt, sometimes I'll one putt. It's, right. <laughs> I don't know what it is, yeah. but sometimes it works. Certainly. Well, I guess any other thoughts you want to share about, you know, the season so far and some goals you have maybe in your mind kind of moving forward here? Um, I like to take things one day at a time. Yeah. I'm not one to look far ahead in the future. Um, I definitely would want, I hope for us to do well, um, in our upcoming tournaments and continue to succeed and work together and um, achieve what we want to get out of um, our season. So I'm just hoping for the best at this point. Sounds good. Our female Bobcat of the Week, individual medalists at the Wesleyan Fall Invitational and the Bobcats as a team, winners there at Wesleyan. Ruby Halak, thanks so much. Thank you very much. The cross-country teams took on Tufts in the Bates Invitational Saturday at Pineland Farms. Junior Ned Farrington finished second overall individually and helped the Bates men defeat the Jumbos as a team. And he is our male Bobcat of the Week. Well, Ned Bates Invitational against Tufts over the weekend, the Bobcats emerging victorious. You yourself got second individually. Uh, Take us through the race a little bit from your perspective. Yeah, so it was um, our first race under Coach Feldman uh, as a whole team. Um, So it was super exciting for everyone. Um, The goal was to just kind of run in our packs. Um, so for me, that was running with uh, Victor Caring, um, another junior. Yeah, and our goal was to kind of hang off the top Tufts guy and um, see what we could do in the last couple miles. Um, and yeah, we ran some pretty fast times. He was able to get us at the end, but um, he's a really strong runner, so we weren't too upset going two, three, and four in the meet. Exactly, and then um, take us through kind of the atmosphere. I mean, it's a lot. I, mean, I saw the video that Matthew Hamilton made. A fun environment, right? Definitely, yeah. The home meets are um, usually super fun for us because, yeah, the whole track team comes out and just friends and family of the team come and watch it, and they line the course. So every time you come near the finish line, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise and definitely like pumps the adrenaline, um, helps you get through those like tough miles. 
And this was kind of, I mean, we had the alumni meet, but this was basically your fair, your first race of the year because the wave races, it seemed like they let some of the um, younger guys, uh, maybe less experienced runners, have a chance there, right? What was the strategy behind that? Yeah, so the, the wave race was really designed for just our underclassmen and kind of people that were coming back from injuries, mm-hmm. hadn't raced in a while, just to get a feel for things again. Um, so this was the first one where we had, like, the whole team out there, um, and it was just a real test for... Yeah, those of us who haven't raced since uh, the spring or even before that. Yep. Tell us a little bit about, uh, new. you mentioned him, new head coach, Danny Feldman. What's he been like so far? Yeah, so that's been um, definitely a very positive change for our team. He's got everyone in phenomenal shape so far, and he's already, you know, meshed with the team very well on a more personal level. So, yeah, I think he's going to take this team to, like, a level we haven't seen before, um, which is really exciting. And you've got quite the training uh, in store for you today. We're talking uh, in the early afternoon, but later today I understand you're going on a little uh, 17, 18-mile jaunt around Auburn. Tell us about the training philosophy with that because your races are only 8K. Yeah, so they, um, yeah, we, we're going to go for, you know, what's that going to be, like three-plus times our race distance. Um, it just makes you like a really aerobically strong runner, and it just makes that 8K feel like such a short race, um, which just really helps. Like when you're in that fourth mile and you're so tired, your legs can still go because you've trained to run fast while on really tired legs. And you've gone way longer than 8K before, so you know you can do it. Um, so, yeah, the longer you can run on long run days, you know, within reason, the better. <laughs> Right, exactly. Tell us about the team a little bit, because last year the team did go to NCAAs, um, you know, in terms of maybe some goals the team has. Obviously, you want to return there, but maybe within the NESCAC, even in New England as well. Yeah, uh, the team, I I would say, is looking stronger than it did last year at this point. Um, The NESCAC is very, very um, talented at the top, and teams like Williams and Middlebury are very strong, but we definitely think we can contend as um, a top three team in the NESCAC. Um, it's very close within like third through sixth place between us, Colby, Con College, Tufts, teams like that. Um, but we think we can beat all of those teams um, with our you know new training and um, our team just looking fitter than it has in a while. Yeah, certainly, and uh, maybe some of the other runners we should watch out for. I mean, obviously yourself, you got second, but you mentioned Victor. He's having, it looks like he's going to have a big year. And Eli Beshdining looks like he's back and at full strength, right? Yep, yep. Eli will be a big part of the team, too. And um, Ryan Smith, Mm -hmm. um, he was sick for that meet, but he's been doing all the workouts with uh, Victor and I, so he'll definitely be a name to watch out for as well. Um, Yeah, we've just got, like, our one through, you know, I think it's 32 guys on the team. It's so, like, if one person gets sick or injured, there's one guy, like, 10 seconds behind of him, and we've got, like, the depth to be able to kind of weather any storm that um, we see this year with injury and sickness, which is awesome, yeah. Great, and the last time we had you on the Bobcast, you had a breakthrough performance in track and field as well. Was that the 3K? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 3K. So tell us a little bit about, you know, track and field season compared to cross-country season, and what's it like for you? Yeah, I've, I've always been better at... Um, track myself but this year um I've upped my mileage a lot and I think a lot of the team actually is we've made a pretty big jump in our mileage um and that's kind of a key difference between track and cross countries you run you know a lot probably 10 to 15 more miles per week than you would in track and you focus more on like longer workouts long runs whereas in track you're doing a little bit more like um 
you know, repeats, intervals on the track, getting getting your body ready to run really fast paces. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been good for me um, upping my mileage. I finally feel like I can really, like, make an impact in cross country in the NESCAC, um, whereas before I just didn't feel like I could compete with those juniors and seniors who had been running 90 to 100 miles a week since sophomore year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of your time now, right? I mean, it's, you're an upper class for now, and it's time. You know, your time to kind of step up, right? Do you see it that way? Yeah, it, <laughs> it um, it kind of flew by the freshman and sophomore <laughs> right. year, and now I'm like, you know, giving freshman and sophomores advice. It feels strange, but it's fun to be kind of one of the older people on the team and kind of see kids going through exactly what you went through as a freshman or a sophomore. Um, so yeah, no, it, it's fun. How excited are you for the uh, new outdoor track here? Yeah, we're super excited about it. Um, it was definitely getting pretty beat down at the end there. Um, you know, we had some kids seeing some shin splints and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, that new surface looks unbelievable. Um, so I, everybody's super amped to go run on it. Um, it's just going to make having meets there a lot more fun. Um, and hopefully we can see some really fast times around on it too. Yeah. And then going back to the workouts for cross-country, how do you approach those? Like today, for instance, I mean, it's a long, that's a long ways to go. I mean, it, it, how, how do you kind of approach things mentally and, and physically even to prepare for that? Yeah, we try to kind of not put too much emphasis on any individual workout. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just a sum of like all the training throughout the season. Um, I think in the past where our team has run into issues was putting too much Um, emphasis getting too hyped for like one individual workout and trying to run really fast splits instead we're just going we're going to do our job we're not going to you know kill ourselves be puking at the end of the workout we're just going to like get the job done um and you know save that um you know last effort for for the race on in two weeks from now great yeah tell us about some of the races you have coming up yeah, so the next one is uh, the main state meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a classic, and, you know, we're always looking to beat Colby and Bowdoin there as well as the other schools. Um, after that, the season really starts to get heating up. Um, that's when we have the Con College invite where schools from, like, all over the country will come, and that's really important for the um, interregional rankings um, when it comes to picking wild cards for the national meet. And then after that, it'll be NESCAX regionals. And hopefully nationals. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, Ned, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the meet this past weekend there against Tufts we haven't got to talk about yet? Um, I just think, yeah, definitely look out for the Bates Cross Country team. I think we're going to be really strong. And, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely follow it. <laughs> Sounds good. Mailbox yeah. of the week. Ned Ferriton, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. In women's cross country, senior captain and All-American Jill Richardson, who is from Auburn, Maine, easily won the 5K race at Pineland Farms finishing more than 38 seconds ahead of the next fastest runner. For her efforts, Richardson was named the NESCAC Women's Cross Country Performer of the Week. Well, Jill, first place for you at the Bates Invitational. Kind of just take us through the race there, 5K there at Pineland. Yeah, um, we'd kind of, me and Coach had come up with the plan before to just keep it controlled, especially like through the first mile, um, and then just kind of open it up and go with the flow for the rest of it. And for you, I mean, I saw you got uh, well, a lot of the more experienced runners got the wave races off that week. What was kind of the strategy behind that? Because that's new. Because normally you have raced in those before. Yep. Yeah, it was just um, to kind of just get some more really solid training in and build up the mileage. 
did you have training yesterday? Because I was talking with Ned Farrington. They were planning on doing a long run on the men's side. Oh, did the women have a long run yesterday? Yep, long run at Spring Road. In the rain? Yeah, it was. <laughs> we were all soaked after. So cold. What's that experience like? I mean, how long was that run? Um, uh, we did. A, everybody does like a range, but did yeah. about twelve that day. You did twelve miles. Yeah, just kind of back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> And, um, you know, how's that compared to a race at Pineland when you're training like that? Obviously, it's much longer distance. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, good because I think, I think it's like a good foundation to have, you know, behind that speed. you got to have some mileage there, too. And then tell us about uh, new head coach Danny Feldman. What's he like? Yeah, we love Coach Feldman. Um, it's been super fun to have the men's and women's teams combined, and I think he's done a great job at building community and getting us all excited and um He's really good at making sure that everyone feels included. What's it like being a captain this year, being one of the leaders? It's super fun. Um, one of my favorite things is we get to, me and Jordan and Elizabeth as captains, um, get to like plan fun little team activities. Like we have, you know, game night and all that kind of stuff. So it's super fun and I, uh, I hope I'm doing a good job at being a leader for everyone. <laughs> and um, what's one of your favorite team activities you've planned so far? Um, we had, uh, for a preseason, we had a scavenger hunt, which I thought that was pretty fun. What was, what were you searching for? (laughs) (laughs) Basically it was, it was more like you just had to go around campus and find different things or do different activities. And it's a, it was a good way for everyone to meet each other. Gotcha. Now you don't have any meet this weekend. You have, uh, the main state meet coming up though at, up in Bangor, right? What's that course like? Have you been there before? I have not been there. So I'm really excited to see what it's like. I mean, I feel like there's not many courses in Maine now that I haven't been to. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. And, um, you're looking to defend your state title and the team is as well, right? How, how much pride does the team take in winning states pretty much every year? I think it's so fun. Um, it's not something that I was able to do in high school. So like, Mm. Uh, being able to win a state meet, I think, is always really cool and for sure trying to get the individual win again. And then, obviously, you were an All-American last year. What does that mean to you to, you know, be an All-American in, in cross-country? Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I don't know. It's like I feel like I forget about it. But <laughs> so when somebody mentions it, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I hope I can do that again this year. Certainly. And then, you know, as a senior, I mean, what's it like knowing this is kind of your last cross-country season here? Yeah, it feels so weird. Like, um, you know, just each race and each practice, I, I try and like remind myself, like, this is the last one. You got to make the best of it. Yeah. Cause that was your really, that was your last Pineland race. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then, um, but still probably more training in Pineland to go. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We've got more training for sure. <laughs> Great. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share on the Bates Invitational, maybe what the team felt like coming out of it kind of? Um, yeah, I think. We all just felt really encouraged. Um, a lot of people had PRs, and I think we're just feeling strong as a team, and like we still have uh, a long way, you know, to grow. We have a lot more in us. During the fall, the Bobcast will recap every football game with first-year head coach Matt Coyne. On Saturday, the Bobcats hung with NESCAC favorite Wesleyan, trailing just 13-3 to at halftime in the season opener. But the Cardinals pulled away in the second half to win 41-10. to Coach Coyne breaks down the team's performance. Well, Coach, I mean, the opener for you at your alma mater, where you're coaching just last year, weird environment, right? What was that like to open the season at Wesleyan? Yeah, it was definitely uh, it was a lot calmer than I thought uh, when I showed up there. It's obviously a different feeling because, you know, I had a role in recruiting a lot of those guys and building relationships over, you know, my five years there. Um, but ultimately, you know, we were locked in and I was focused on Bates and us and then 
trying to make sure that we had the best product that we could put out there and, and compete at a high level, um, which I thought we did for a majority of that game. And for quarterback Liam Foley, it was his first significant playing time really since he was a first year. Now he's a senior. Um, take us through how you thought he performed. Obviously, he was under some pressure, um, but he, when he had time, I thought he made some good passes. Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, that's one of the best D-lines that we'll face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nick Helbig, number 11, as, as a lot of people saw him throughout the game. I mean, um, I think a lot of people are having trouble blocking that kid. And uh, they did some good things up front. We knew they were very good. Um, on all phases of the ball, but especially in the defensive front. So, you know, we made a, you know, first first drive, I mean, uh, you know, we made a great play to, to, to Ham, number seven, obviously, and, you know, he made a big play and gets down there, and really, I think, you know, that's where the game sort of could have changed a lot. You know, we had four plays from the three-yard line, and we just weren't able to, to get it done and get in the end zone, and, you know, I just felt that um, as we were going down there on the road first drive, you know, fourth and one from the one, I wanted you know, to go and score a touchdown and set a tone. So, you know, I, I feel very comfortable with that decision. We just we just didn't make the play. Yeah, I mean, the red zone struggles against Wesley. And, I mean, red zone, it's, it's tough. The, the field shrinks. I mean, what's maybe a point of emphasis in practice to improve the red zone offense for us? Yeah, I think, you know, we just have to have better communication, um, both offensively and defensively. If you look at the stats, I mean, we were one of three in the red zone. Um, and they were four for four, mm. you know, and I think that's, that's the difference, you know, those great teams finish in, in the red zone and, and we're on our way there. We have a, you know, a lot of work to do in, in understanding that we're three weeks into new systems, both offensively, defensively, special teams wise. Um, and, and we went up against a unit that is, you know, has a bunch of fifth year seniors and experience that have been in a system for over, you know, four years. And I think, um, that sort of showed itself in the game a little bit. Um, and it starts, obviously, with myself and our coaching staff down through the players of, of just understanding how we can be better um, in different situations, how we can put um, a better product out there. Um, but ultimately, you know, I think, you know, we fought and we showed up. And, and, you know, we were tough and we competed in that first half. You know, it was 13-3 and obviously with some missed opportunities. Um, we felt like we were right there. And that's a team that, is going to be up in the running for a championship this year. And so, you know, I was really proud of that. Um, I think, obviously, we just wore out a little bit. And Reza, his first start at running back, you're right away giving him the ball quite a bit. What do you see from him that makes him the guy who you're going to maybe have be a workhorse here? Uh, he's tough, man. That's just mm-hmm. the, the staple point. I mean, he took a lot of hits in that game, yeah. too, and he delivered a lot as well. <laughs> I was very proud of him um, in his first, you know, start at running back to be able to, to – take 20 I think it was about 23 carries yeah. for about 88 yards I think uh, somewhere in that area um, against a good front again you know where you know there weren't too many big holes and you know our offensive line works really hard and, and did a really good job of trying to provide those areas um, but you know for Reza he's uh he's a leader I mean he's focused shows up every day works his tail off in the off season. that's prepared his body to be able to endure that type of um, you know workload uh, so I was really happy with him um, you know, being able to, to find some success in the run game, which is what we want to do. You know, obviously it's, it's difficult when you get down and you're trying to, you know, come back into it. Um, but, you know, I think we just could have done a better job of just complimentary football. I think that's very blat- that's you know evident in, in the game. I mean, I think our defense got on the field a lot and we're on long drives. Um, it was tough for us offensively to sustain some drives. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I mean, you tip your hat to Wesley and, I mean, Trust me, I know. Uh, they got some great players over there, and they've you know great coaches over there, and you know that's a team that came, and, and it was going to be hard to, to really you know produce against them, and you know that's just what we have to get better at. Um, stay to the next step.
And then for the, your receivers, it seemed like Wesleyan was doing a good job schematically, maybe keeping the ball out of their hands. What adjustments you're making maybe to get the ball into Sean Bryant's hands more, Mohamed Diawara's hands more? Because Diawara had that big catch on uh, the first drive and then only one catch the rest of the game, right? Yeah, and they did a good job. They, they tried to double him. You uh-huh. know, so they took, they took seven out of the game a little bit after those first couple drives. And I, I know Coach Desenzo pretty well down there. That's, <laughs> that's something that um, we used to do against <laughs> a lot of the teams is, you know, you take away that target and then, Obviously, you know, we had some plays where we had some 50-50 balls up there that, you know, they made the plays on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, talking with the team, and just said, hey, guys, like, we're going to keep taking those shots, and we got to make those plays. And that will heart, that will start to change the momentum. And, um, you know, we have to find ways to move guys around into different positions, into the slot and into the, you know, number three, number two in a trip set or moving into slot in a two-by-two two set. Um, but what I think goes, you know, unnoticed to maybe, you know, people on the outside is, you're in a new system, so you're trying to learn all this, and you're trying to move pieces, and it's and it becomes to a point where you want to execute plays correctly. So as you're trying to move guys through, I think over time we'll get much better with that and being able to implement that, and uh, you know really get guys into different positions to move around, um, and then just make some plays. I thought all three linebackers on defense were really flying around making plays. What do you see from those guys? Hooks, you know Hawkins, and also Formas as well. Yeah, I thought they played outstanding um, in their first go at it. Um, obviously, some mistakes still um, that they have to clean up. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you don't really go through a full football game without making a few mistakes, you know, no matter where you're playing. Uh, Tony, starting with him, I mean, he's ridiculous out there. I mean, he's that's it's very simple to see on the, on the tape. When you turn it on, he's everywhere. He shows up. He's durable. Uh, very slippery. He's, he's hard to get really engaged on. So he, he had a lot of times where there was two alignment coming to block him, and he was able to shock shed and, and go make the play. Um, had a big play against Logan on a reverse that, you mm-hmm. know, if he's not there, they probably walk in the end zone with a lot of lead blockers. Uh, turned into being a TFL. Um, Formas, you know, he did a lot of, you know, great things in the pass game, as you saw in some critical moments where they were trying to hit us vertically on some double moves. And even the one that, uh, I believe it was the touchdown to go up twenty-seven right. to three or twenty to three. It was a corner ball that he's right in phase, and they just put it right where you know a great ball beats perfect defense every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? So it's a it's one of those things that you got to live with and tip your cap. Um, they took the shot, but he was right in phase. And then George, you know, for his first time out there playing a lot, you know, obviously um, did a really good job. You know, he's very smart, intuitive, uh, showed up in the run game and can run. And, and really, I think he did a really good job. You know, with the workload. Um, that we weren't, not a concern of ours, but it was his first time taking a ton of snaps out there and, and you know, making sure that we were able to um, keep all those guys locked in and perform. But they did a really good job, and obviously the D-line was a big part of that as well too, fighting throughout the whole, the whole game. Yeah. A lot of coaches will often say the biggest improvement you should see from a team in the, throughout the season from week one to week two. So what are some points of emphasis in practice to make that happen for the Bobcats? Uh, you know, for me, it's it's communication. It's communication, alignment, understanding, you know, what we need to do to execute, execute on a high level. Uh, obviously, we're going up against Tufts and, you know, went down there last year and, and were able to, you know, beat them at their home place. So, obviously, they're coming up here with with a little bit of uh, extra urgency. Um, and they're a really good team. I mean, they had a, you know, a battle with Trinity where they, they had an opportunity, lost by three, but... I mean, they were down, you know, and came all the way back and had a chance in the fourth quarter to really tie the game and take the lead. Um, so we know what we're up against. It's a great challenge again. Um, they have a very good receiver in, in Phil Lutz, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, obviously have a, a lot of respect for him and Berluti at quarterback, Tyler Johnson at running back. And then defensively, they've they got a whole new system in place, which is very, um, you know, 
unnatural. It's not a, a natural defense. It's very hard to pick up a lot of movement slants and, and different things that way. So we know the challenge is great, but really for us, it's focusing on us, understanding that um, we have to get better in certain areas and we have to just become more consistent, but also just understanding that it is a process. It, it does take some time to fit in. So, you know, one thing I'll say that I was really happy with was the special teams. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that was something that last year sort of nipped us in the butt a little bit and, and against Wesley we were able to operate. Archie did a great job in the punt game. Uh, you know, obviously one for one on field goals, one for one on PATs. You know, our kickoff game did pretty well. Uh, kick return game was up, you know, showing up. So that's one area that, you know, we can feel pretty, you know, optimistic about and proud of um, and just continue to get better. But we understand it's a process. We understand we have to figure out ways to, to, you know, get the ball in the hands of our playmakers and on defense stop them from getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Um, but we're just focused on us. And we know we have a great challenge. Coach Savetti um, and the Jumbo's coming up here Saturday. Um, we're excited to get back out there and, and see the improvement. In other Bates Athletics news this week, the men's soccer team defeated Husson 3-0 on Wednesday before falling at Williams on Saturday. The volleyball team dropped a pair of road NESCAG matches and the women's soccer team fell 2-0 at Williams. Joanna Atwater and Allie Friedman advanced to the A-Flight Doubles Finals at the Wallach Invitational, and the men's golf team finished 15th at the Williams Fall Invite. This Saturday, make sure you stop by Garcelon Field for the return of the Cats Carnival before football's 1.30 p.m. game against Tufts. We have five home events Saturday, so come support the Bobcats in field hockey, women's soccer, men's soccer, volleyball, and football. Find the complete schedule online at GoBatesBobcats.com, and we'll recap it all. Next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates.